Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. St. Patrick, pray for us, especially on your day this week. Hey, how's it going? Father Kelly here with Spirit and Swagger. Please do go back and check out the first two episodes, not very long, to get a sense for why this podcast is the way it is, or rather a specific description of why it is the way it is. I'm not making any claim that the contents of this episode are divine inspiration, that they are made by God to be happening, but it is a curious thing that motivation has arrived late on a Friday night to write and record this episode when, to be honest, Normally, I would have just conceded that such a thing was too late for today and punted it until later, and that later would probably mean never. Perhaps something good is actually happening here, and God wants to continue. Honestly, I'm a surprise to anybody else. I've tried this kind of beginning lots of times, but in a very different way, this feels like it's going to keep going. So praise God for that. Speaking of being surprised, I was surprised tonight to see so many young people presumably college students, out at dinner on Friday night in Weatherford before spring break. Honestly, I thought they would all have gone home for spring break by now. I was reading a book and watching college basketball, which is on TVs at the restaurant, but also enjoying the energy of the many people at tables around me, around the restaurant, laughing, talking, and having an overall good time. The kind of time where you're lost in the moment and hate for it to end. This is what I want for campus ministry, the kind of community where you get lost in the moment because you are in this together, the kind of bond that makes you want to stay around and grow in the good of the other. A Catholic community should be the leader in this. We should be known for having the most enduring relationships and meaningful community because the center of our lives is the abundant food and drink of the Eucharist. And the, energy of the com- and, the communi- and the energy of the communion of saints. Every good community is Catholic, even if it doesn't call itself that, and every Catholic is called to good community. We all know deep down that over pint and plate, if you will, with conversation and laughter, is a builder and a mark of good community. In Puritanized and Protest- Protestantized, that is, sanitized America, we rejected all that is Catholic, all that Catholic extravagance. So we either have parties with white bread and Pepsi to say that to say it that way, or the pendulum swings the other way in rebellion, and we get drunk on well this week green tinted Bud Light. I think it's why Americans have turned from hating and ghettoizing the Irish. Discrimination was a real thing. Please check it out. To appropriating, but also ruining St. Patrick's Day. We all long for home and hearth, hard work, hearty food, and intimate community. Very Irish and very Catholic ideals. But America takes the good meal, the good drink, and the thanks to God for it all, throws away God, and gets drunk on cheap green beer. I'm pretty sure St. Patrick would cast you out with your green beer and your pagan four-leaf clovers with the snakes. St. Patrick is to Ireland as Our Lady of Guadalupe is to Mexico, deeply tied to the country, but also deeply tied to the Catholic faith. To wash away the Catholic faith from St. Patrick's Day is secular revisionist BS. St. Patrick is St. Patrick, and Ireland is Ireland because of the Catholic faith, like it or not. So I consider it an important mission to put the Catholic back in St. Patrick's Day, 
So this year, have a pint of Guinness and sing your pub songs, but remember that St. Patrick came back to Ireland to save souls and preach the Trinitarian Catholic faith. Tomorrow, I'll be going to the Oklahoma Catholic Men's Conference, and at least the guys there will appreciate what St. Patrick is about. They know that Catholic faith is something real and substantial, and not just for women. Now, I grant that a lot of Catholic stuff the last 60 years has been presented in a way that, let's call it, was unattractive to the way men want to relate to God and to the world. But that, thanks be to God, is changing. Thanks, thanks to conferences like these, as well as good media and other stuff, uh, sidebar, hopefully I can sneak my St. Patrick's pitch under the Catholic Man Show episode, which will be recording that day, as it will, in fact, air on St. Patrick's Day on Thursday, March 17th. After the men's conference, I'll be on vacation all week. A big thank you to priests who do weekend coverage. Rare is the weekend off for a parish priest. We still need to double, triple, and even quadruple our commitment to returning to a culture of vocations. I mean this in all charity, but the average parishioner has no idea, honestly no idea, how overworked and spread thin the average parish priest is. We don't even realize what we're missing. It's not about, oh, woe is the priest for working so hard, but it's about what the people of God are, are missing out on because of the lack of priests. We don't even understand what a real, deeply religious cultural experience is actually like. We've gotten so used to this uh, stretched thin and spread out experience. We think that Mass once a week is enough, but there is so many more possibilities. But without sufficient priests, we will never know how good it can be. Pray, fast, and give alms for the good of the Church, for more priests, religious, and holy, happy marriages. One final thing I'm fascinated by, and personally invested in, is the difference between embracing old things to be different, which would be pride, and embracing them because they are good. Using a fountain pen is a good example. I got one because I looked up to a certain professor a long time ago, and he used a fountain pen. But what I discovered is that actually it is a, ve- it is a very good thing, and now I use one daily, because it literally helps me to be a better writer. When your words look good on paper, you are inspired to choose better words. Beauty begets beauty. I could use a cheap ballpoint pen. Many good things I'm sure have been written with ballpoint pen and many bad things with fountain pens, but a fountain pen is objectively better. Another example, a priest cassock or clerics in general. Is a priest still a priest without a Roman collar or a black robe? Of course. But the recent era where priests and religious abandoned their specific attire to blend in, that was not a good era for the church. Does a cassock or a habit automatically make a good priest or religious sister? No. But it does seem to make a positive difference for the good of the church. Do married couples have to wear their wedding bands all the time? No, but it's odd if they don't. But... Where is the line between recovering what is good versus reduplication of the past just because it is the past? Is it for a true good that is a humble purpose, or is it just playing dress-up? Is it for a real reason, or just to be pretentious? 
yet it might actually come full circle. Imitation of the past may come full circle to a realization that the past is actually good. Someone may wear a cloak and carry a walking stick because they wish to imitate a hobbit, but actually discover that it is quite good equipment for going on an adventure, a thing which I assure you Tolkien and Chesterton would profess are very much not just for children. They might also dabble in Catholic art, architecture, or literature, because at first they find it neat because it's old and ornate, and accidentally discover that the, that the old Catholic faith which made those things is quite good itself. Come, Holy Spirit. If you like what I'm doing here, please subscribe and share with others. See you later.